Hey, welcome, good people, to Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. This is the audio version of Influence Weekly. You got it on Friday morning, and now you're getting the audio version on Monday. Um, you're getting this for free, so bear with me just for a few moments while I talk about a way that you can support uh, listening to this consistently um, and uh, making this even a better uh, better service to you. So, um a few ways you can support if you are a business that wants to get in front of people working in influence uh, marketing. You're more than welcome to buy a sponsorship or an ad placement at the top of the newsletter. Newsletter now um, goes out to over 3,200 people. All of them, just like yourself, work in influence influencer marketing all around the world, mainly L.A. and New York, um, but definitely have a ton of audience in the U.K., and uh, even Asia-Pacific area. Um, so that is one way you can support. Please just email me back or just go to um, influenceweekly.co and there's a sponsorship link there. Um, but also, I'll put a link uh, in the email. You can buy me a coffee. And why I say this is because just trying something out here. I'm uh, drinking while, while recording this episode, I'm here drinking a cup of coffee typically on um, the morning, uh, after a few days that I've let the, the uh, paper version or the, the newsletter reading version of this uh, uh, podcast, or, or sorry, of this thing, Influence Weekly, I, I sent that on Friday, give it a couple days rest, um, get some feedback from people who email me back uh, to give you more perspective and sort of figure out what to highlight here in the audio version. But while I do that, I, I sit here with a cup of coffee. And today's coffee, I just wanted to share this with you, is Mundaling Estate Coffee. It, Mundaling is a place in Sumatra. You might know Sumatra from your um, Starbucks Sumatra blend. But this is 100% from Sumatra, specifically from Mundaling. It's called Gibbon Ridge Estate Mundaling Sumatra. And I'm, I have here with me the whole, homeland and I guess this is like a premium version. There might be pea berry, but this is Homeland, whole bean. I uh, I grind the coffee myself, I mean, with a machine, but I grind it myself to get it the freshest uh, it can be. Um, but that's what I'm drinking today, the Gibbon Ridge Estate. It is absolutely one of my favorite coffees here in Indonesia, where I'm doing this from. But um, but you didn't, you're not listening to me Uh just wax poetic about coffee. You're here to listen to uh, influencer marketing news, and that's what we'll get into. Um, just to give you a little bit of a summary, uh, we've got a, a deep dive on hotel marketing. I've got an interesting read, plus my own uh, data giving to you um, or interview information. And we're gonna also going to talk about what teenagers think of social media. We've got one person in Philadelphia who's creating content around sushi to t tell you about. Um, Estee Lauder now doing uh, a huge portion of their marketing budget on influencers. Um, also going to hit up with some events and also got an interesting campaign case study to go through this week. Um, and that's just a summary of what we're going to go through. Actually, let me go through the campaign right now. So Shoe Retailer. Um went to try to trigger some sales and they did overall company saw an increase of 3000 followers 
throughout their Pink Friday campaign and achieved its best ever sales performance outside of a Black Friday week. So this tells me a couple things. It's interesting that the Black Friday um, um, is their biggest sale day um, and that their second biggest sale day is on this Pink Friday campaign when they use some influencers. Um, the shoe uh, company is Moda in Pele. Pel? Sorry, I'm going to mispronounce that. And uh, they said it was absolutely the absolutely staggering. Their e-commerce director said the reaction to the Pink Ribbon in charity event was truly staggering. It was clear that both our customers and in-store colleagues really bought into what we were trying to do, making a difference to people's lives in our own way. Um, Moda believes in fashion with a conscience, so it was great to work on a project that not only helped to drive sales, but also gave back to charity that's close to the company's heart. Um, so this paired influencers and a charity campaign and selling shoes. Um, very, very interesting campaign, and it definitely saw an increase of followers, and, and it showed, you know, that uh, there's a wide variety of return on investment. Um, just... A little a fun thing that W Hotels is debuting a $295 mukbang uh, room service menu. Um, they rolled that out with an influencer creator to tell them about that. Very interesting that they're getting in the trend in that particular way. Um, Stoke Cold Brew is offering three people $30,000 each to quit their jobs and pursue their dreams. Uh, yeah, that definitely fun thing, and I want I sort of put this in with the campaign section because typically when companies do this, they are looking for someone who um, it, it's not necessarily just a drawing. It is usually a competition, um, and they're usually looking for someone, a creator that's actually very well versed on social media. Um, I worked with someone working in a pizza. Uh, for a pizza brand um, that did this, and the way that he won, it was $50,000 for a year-long job or gig uh, doing social media. And the way he won was that he was al already a very excellent uh, social media um, creator, but also had uh, a substantial following. And it, and it wasn't crazy. He didn't have a million followers. He just showed that he had some social proof. So these... Um, Competitions very regularly uh, work with uh, people who already have some, I mean, 10, 20, 30, 50,000, 100,000 followers. That's all you need to sometimes get these uh, quote-unquote gigs. Um, World Influencers Congress was happening this past weekend in Uzbekistan. Like, a ton of creators from all over the world uh, descended in Uzbekistan of all places. Um, really interesting little get-together summit of, of creators, and another one that's happening in New York called Influencer Fraudnomics Summit. It's happening September 17th. Uh, this was sent in by uh, a reader of the newsletter, so happy to bring uh, any of your events that you want uh, featured. Happy to put them in the newsletter, uh, send them on over. Um, the In the industry news, the one I'm going to highlight today is about Estee Lauder and that they spent they said they spend. They said they spend a huge portion of their marketing budget on influencers. But what it actually is is that seventy-five percent of their digital spending. That's what's spent on influencers, um, and this comes directly from um, the president and chief executive of Estee Lauder, and uh, really 
amazing to see that it's well over the industry standard of 10%, um, but to see it so much at 75% is really good. Um, looking forward to seeing some more interesting numbers from other uh, companies coming out. Um, the one interesting person I'm going to showcase, actually, I have two, two interesting people to showcase today. One, um, a sushi, um, creator, or no, sushi reviewer in Philadelphia. Um, they talk about, it's called Philly underscore sushi, and they talked about how they have 47,000 Instagram followers, and it took them a few years to gain this, um, but that it's, that they are real and authentic, um, and they create honest content about and they are the go-to source for information on the best sushi in philadelphia so if you're in philly soon go ahead and check out philly underscore sushi um just to find the very very best in sushi in philadelphia um to me a couple takeaways from this are that um 47,000 followers doesn't sound like a lot but when you talk about sushi in philly that is absolutely humongous um, also 47,000 followers is well, 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 like 47 X over the average. Um, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, truly impacting and influencing the buying decision and the go to the market here. Um, if you are the go-to source for something that is a high impact, no matter the number of followers you have. Um, and I would not categorize this as micro or nano influencer at all. I would say this they're the, the top of the top when it comes to philadelphia sushi and i don't uh see any problem in them you know continuing to broaden their horizons and get more attention even if for someone who may not go to philadelphia maybe uh their content resonates by saying you know what what are the aspects that you look for in sushi um huge growth potential and only been doing this for a couple of years happy to see you know creators like this moving up and up another creator who's absolutely blown up over the last year thankfully is legal eagle um the the youtube channel called legal eagle it's it's starring uh, devin stone he's the creator of that and he started his channel uh as a way for to help legal uh law students through college uh through law school and expanded or, you know realized after doing a couple of videos that sort of took a legal view of popular subjects that he was getting many 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 more audience a much larger audience much broader but the fact that he started in his law school uh, ways and with very articulate people, the followers and the fans there in the comment section is incredibly uh, dense and, and a, another sort of aspect of the video. Um, and Devin is coming out with a uh, um, copyright course for anyone dealing with copyright. And so anyone who's listening to this is probably going to be interested in um, copyright law. Um, you should, if, especially if you're working in YouTube, and even more so if you're do, dealing on Instagram, I would say you must understand copyright law. If you're a regram account, if you're doing anything collaborating with other people and using images or content or trends or words or intellectual property from other people, I bet you are doing that. Um, or if you want to protect yourself. Um, so Devonstone has a course coming out. I'll be linking to that over the course of the next few weeks. Um, I'm going to be definitely checking it out and, and seeing what the course entails. Um, but definitely check out this is, I, I linked in the, um, newsletter this week, him on, uh, the creative disruption podcast. And it is 
um, a great source of just an introduction to copyright law for YouTubers. But again, if you're even just on Instagram right now, I would highly recommend understanding what the real copyright law is, not just how it is used or misused or abused on YouTube. Um, but that's Legal Eagle. And also check out his channel. His channel went from 10,000 subscribers, I think now, to over 500,000 in the past year. Um, but it took him a while to get that first 10,000. Um, so we will be getting a hotel marketing soon. But I'm going to just touch on the fact that Dubai now has a social media influencer diploma course. You can start on September 8th. It's actually being offered to 100 active and aspiring social media influencers based in the UAE. Um, it's been developed by university professors with different specializations, so it's going to get you. It's going to get a wide uh, um, um, input from media, strategic communications, journalism, and media innovation. Uh, what the, the key takeaway from this to me is that um, these are all of the aspects that a creator needs to have. Um, these are all of the uh, points or the specializations that a creator must use, right? They must have communication skills and media skills and journalism skills and innovative, right? We're on the cutting edge of media being in the social media realm. Um, very interesting to see that they're, especially in the, in the Middle East, there's something going on here. Um, next up, what teenagers think of social media. And this is what uh, my biggest takeaway from it is, is this sort of chunk of text. Uh, advertising is an accepted part of media, but it wasn't always obvious to the group when they were seeing ads. Instagram stories, for example, features native ads that look like posts from accounts people follow, which can be confusing. Uh, sometimes they show ads in between, the same one as how you'd watch a normal story. Sometimes I don't realize, this is some, someone saying this from the uh, a panel, sometimes I don't realize that th that's not a person's account. It's like subconsciously an ad. Um, very interesting that um, even the ad break that says ad, not, not just sponsored content, but the ad feels like just another story. Um, this might be just the ad makers being sly, but um, it's also probably like, a, I, I don't want to say this is like a good thing. I think of this very neutrally. Um, you know, if an ad is misrepresenting something, that's bad. But if an ad feels like content, that's actually probably pretty good. Like maybe if content, if content feels like an ad, that's bad. But if ads feel like content, that might be good. Um, very interesting to see what, what, you know, the, the role of, of, uh, social media takes in the la in the next like 10 years for those going from like 13 to 23, um, as they become full adults and they realize, you know, a lot of this stuff was very blatant <laughs> advertising. Um, I think older, you would think older mature generations would know this, but also in this sort of where content and media and social all realm, uh, when you're talking to your friends and family, and then an ad pops up, um, you know, we've been inundated this, with this for the last 10 years on Instagram and Facebook. But if you're one to two years new to this, you know, what's going on? What's going on? How do you know what it is an ad other than just that it says an ad in the top left corner? Very interesting. Um, now, now onto sort of a big, uh, big topic in my world right now and a big topic in the world of influencers is hotel marketing. And, and I've included an article that said that, yes, social influencers are still usable in, or in. 
And the article really went into the problem with influencer programs, and they said that the problem is in vetting and setting KPIs, uh, that successful influencer marketing campaigns, A, are not cheap, and that the ROI um, makes a difference, right? What, what If you are setting the correct performance and a key performance indicator, and you're doing your correct vetting, then you will be successful. Um, ROI isn't just based on using influencers, it's using them in the right way on the right campaign. Um, and so this article really said that, you know, a lot of the problem is put on the hotel hoteliers. They're looking for a piecemeal and economical solution, and that often leads to disappointment. Um, this leads me to my own research that I'm literally in the middle of doing right now. Um, I've been reaching out to hotels and asking them how they deal with influencers. Um, how often are they being asked by influencers? To how much are they reached out to? What what level of the sh what level is their strategy at? Are, do they have a mature, well articulated strategy, or are they just dealing with influencers, or do they have a dead stop, do not deal with influencers? Very interesting. There is no sort of findings yet across the board. Um, the only sort of, um, I guess I can share with you a statistical, um, not anomaly, but something that actually is fitting with the st uh, statistics, is that I figured out when is low season. So I'm doing this based in Bali. I'm reaching out to hotels here in Bali and asking them about influencers who come to Bali. Now what I will say is that uh, plurality or majority of Tourists are Australian, but then there is a huge cohort of Chinese, Russian, UK, US. Um, so there's a large international audience as well. Um, and so you get influencers from all of these areas. And I believe, um, and I wanted to know, like, when is high season and low season? When is the most filled and when is the least filled? And, and I assumed that if... The, the hotel would be more accepting of influencers when it's the low season, when there's more available occupancy. And I even thought that there would be almost like a dead stop of, of, of certain months. Um, so, so far, I've gotten feedback from over 30 uh, hotels. And the uh, lines of sort of um, when they're accepting, uh, the months that they're accepting of influencers relatively are the same as when their occupancy is high or low. So it's correlated, right? Um, but there doesn't seem to be any full stops. There doesn't seem to be any moments in which every hotel is against working with influencers any particular month. And overall, um, it really seems to be on the part of the influencer that needs to express their value. Um, it seems to be that one of, and this is very early on in my, my study of this, but it seems to be that the hotels are putting the pressure and on the uh, influencer to express their value. Um, and so there's there's obviously a disconnect there, right? If an influencer can just say like, hey, this is my sort of stats, that's not enough. There needs to be like, hey, this is my style. This is my aesthetic. This is how it matches with yours. Um, hotels are not just looking for reach. They're looking for content plus reach plus influence they're looking for it all and that might lie there might lie in where the problem is if a hotel doesn't have a mature strategy and understand that influencers and creators and people on on social media all have different uh um different uh, levels of maturity themselves or rather there's different uh 
um, pieces of excellence in their in their repertoire. You know, we have a wide variety of uh, limitations there. If hotels and influencers cannot express what they want, that hotels can't express what they want, and influencers can't express what they need. Um, so very early on in my study of that, but we'll be releasing that um, to um, paid uh, paid subscribers of this actually are getting some interesting stuff last week and this week. Uh, last week you got an introduction to the alternative audio um, economy that I've seen recently. Um, I'm working on also a study on matching podcast ad revenue versus where what people are listening to. So which podcasts are being uh, uh, paid for to be sponsored on and which and, and comparing that to who what people are actually listening to. Um, very interesting because ultimately I'll give you a spoiler. Um, there is a there's a huge failure in that um, uh, study, but I go through a couple or three different ways that I foresee um, we can do the comparison. Um, there's sort of a failure in the comparison and understanding like where are the gaps. Um, but that ends up showing some other opportunities, especially in podcast data, and hopefully someone is going to be solving that. Maybe um, brew.com or um, even Spotify ad center. There, there's a few places that could probably um, fix the data. Um, that is missing from this study, but really interesting study on and comparing again ad revenue versus what people are actually listening to and, and discovering if there are in fact any opportunities in creating podcasts for uh, ad hungry uh, companies. So uh, again, um, click the buy me a coffee link in the email I sent you and hopefully you have a great rest of your commute. Um, enjoy the rest of your week and uh, next uh on Friday, I hope in Influence Weekly in your inbox. Thanks. Bye.